But it always says the worst sentence in the world is you have cancer, and it's not. The worst sentence in the world is your child has cancer. Our oncologist reached out to St. Jude. St. Jude knew exactly what was happening. They already had a clinical trial going on. The discoveries that St. Jude makes are shared freely around the world. What was important to me was knowing that anything that we did would help future kids because no child should die of cancer ever. We never got a bill from St. Jude, ever, nor will we ever. Thanks to generous donors like you, families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food because all the family should worry about is helping their child live. Needed us to be. We need to engage in the struggle. Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmidt, and this is Essential Presents. A while ago, I came across this story. It's kind of a fable, maybe it's a true story, of a man and an emperor moth. So here's the idea. And here's a man who's out in the woods, and he comes upon a cocoon of an emperor moth, and he recognizes it for what it is. And so he carefully cuts off the, the stem branch that the emperor moth is hanging off of and brings it to his home. And so he wants to watch this, this uh, you know, caterpillar, essentially this cocoon, this larva, whatever, become an emperor moth. He watches it day after day. At one point, uh, it starts to see its movement, and then there's a hole at the top of the cocoon. And then the movement stops. And so the man, in order to like assist the moth to like get out of the cocoon, he takes just a just a small pair of scissors and he kind of just widens the opening, clips a little bit away, and he essentially helps the moth come out of the cocoon so that it doesn't have to struggle, it doesn't have to be uncomfortable, it doesn't have to, to keep like fighting to get out of the cocoon. Unfortunately, instead of freeing the moth to be able to like fly off, the body of the moth was oversized and the wings of the moth were shrunken and shriveled and unable to fly. That what this man had done in what he thought was kindness, he had taken away the struggle. He had robbed this caterpillar that could have been an incredible emperor moth from its potential by removing the struggle. I think sometimes uh, this is what happens to us. The man thought he was doing a kindness, but the, the moth needed to struggle in order to have wings that were strong enough to fly. The moth needed to struggle in order to have wings that were strong enough to fly. And too often I think that we do this, not necessarily just do this to our kids or we do this to the people around us. Maybe that, that's the case. Um, but I think too often we do it to ourselves. I think too often I do this to myself, where I can I can find myself shrinking back from things that are difficult, things that are uncomfortable. In fact, <laughs> I remember talking with so many people who, um, you know, in, this, in in counseling situations and just kind of even just processing their struggles. Some people saying, like, I've fallen into some of the most serious sins of my life simply because I didn't want to be uncomfortable. Like I didn't want to handle, I didn't want to deal with discomfort anymore. But this is the case. In this case, I was talking with some people, I don't know why it just popped in my head, talking to some people and they were like, you know, um, when it came to my struggle with, say, against purity, or again, for purity, I guess against impurity, for purity, they would say like, it was just like I'd be uncomfortable for a little while while I 
turned away from whatever, whatever I was attempted to, but I didn't want to be uncomfortable for a while. And so I just found myself unable to move, incapable of flying. Why? Because that struggle is necessary, not just in that particular area, but in almost every area of our life. If we're going to be the kind of people that God has created us to be, we need to engage in the struggle. In fact, there was a, years ago, I read this book that was written by two twin brothers. It was called Do Hard Things. And it's just so good. It was written for uh, young people. It was written for teenagers, I believe. Written for teenagers by teenagers. I think these two brothers were 17 years old when they co-authored this book with each other. Do Hard Things. And it was so good because it talked about how great people in history, great people that we would look to as heroes, they started doing hard things when they were young. They didn't allow the difficulty of... Um, life the difficulty of a project to dissuade them they said again this is part of life this is part of this project and then they didn't go out like necessarily seeking hard things just for hard things sake but it was if this is a goal that's worthy of my time worthy of my life worthy of my effort if it's uncomfortable if it's difficult that's okay because anything that's worthy of me worthy of your life it's going to be difficult and so what i need to do is i need to not spare myself hard things but i need to lean into hard things in fact, this isn't even just like a moth example. This isn't even just these two young men example. This is a scriptural example. St. Paul, one, one of my favorite letters is St. Paul's letter to the Romans. And it's letter to the Romans chapter 5, where St. Paul says this. I quote this verse. I probably quoted this in a video maybe eight times, maybe a dozen times. But here's what St. Paul says. He says, we know this. We boast of our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. So we boast of the fact that we're encountering hard things. Why? Because affliction produces endurance. And endurance, proven character, proven character, hope. Hope does not disappoint because the love of Christ has been poured out into our hearts. That's a paraphrase at the end. But what he's saying, affliction produces character. It produces something in you and in me that can't be there without the affliction. It can't be there without the struggle. I know for so many of us, though, we're like, but not this struggle. I don't want this particular struggle. I don't want to have to do this hard thing. And yet, this is the struggle that you're facing. And yet, this is the hard thing that you're in the middle of. And yet, at some, for some reason, this is God's will for you. Now, I have another video about this. I want to keep bringing this up because it's important to make the distinction between God's perfect will and his permissive will. His perfect will is always good. His permissive will is he allows even evil to touch us. He allows evil even to scar us, knowing that he can do something with those scars that are even more glorious than a scar-free life. That's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard thing to accept. But we know it's true. That whatever struggle you're facing right now, you can get through it. Whatever struggle you're facing right now, it is doing something to you. In fact, we know that strength is produced in affliction. Like strength is produced in affliction. That 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 when it comes to actually becoming, being forged, there is an element of testing. There's an element of trial, and that element is necessary. But what's even more necessary is not just you being a superhero, Superman or Superwoman. What's even more necessary is God's grace, his help. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, right? There's going to be tough times. There's going to be afflictions. There's going to be these struggles that are that seem to almost break us. But he said, but take heart because I have overcome, I have overcome the world. <laughs>